what's going on, everybody? If for all of you unfamiliar with this podcast, this is the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your host, Cole Haight, here for another recap of a week in the NFL football season. Uh, currently week 14 recap. I kind of like doing these podcasts on Tuesday. It is Tuesday, uh, December 14th, recording this a little after 3 p.m. in eastern Pennsylvania, as I've mentioned before. Pretty cold day today, a little nippy. Um, But this is the week 14 recap. Thinking I'm going to move these recaps from Monday, the usual time, to Tuesdays moving forward. Uh, Just like incorporating all the games. Uh, And I'll do my best to make sure that I include the Monday night game on the preview show as well. And uh, for chances that it's in the parlay and or you guys want some bets. Uh, best bets for uh, the Monday night football game before I come back and talk to you guys again on Tuesday for the recap. So a big week in the NFL this week, a lot of big matchups. It was a great week to watch football. I unfortunately did not watch any football on Sunday. Uh, A lot of Christmas stuff, getting a lot of Christmas stuff done. Uh, Saw some updates, uh, then went back, watched NFL primetime with Chris Boomer and Booger McFarlane. Shout out to those boys, uh, as well as uh, some Game Pass stuff I went back and looked at. But uh, we're going to recap all the games from the Sunday slate and the Monday night football game as well. Uh, and then we will have the injuries, fantasy football, and and a new segment I have for you guys this week as I've been incorporating new types of segments into these podcasts as of late, especially the podcast in the middle of the week. Uh, But we'll have that coming in the middle of the week. And then, of course, the preview show for my best bets against the spread and for over-unders as well. This week, not too bad. Pretty good against the spread, unfortunately. Did not pick the right games to put in the parlay, or I definitely could have hit. Uh, Parlay went three for six. Uh, Me and my man, Emmanuel Cadane, who the parlay is named after, hence the EK parlay, uh, three of six this week, took a few unders that didn't hit. Uh, Really, we felt honestly pretty good about those unders, and guess what? The Broncos came out and shellacked the Lions, which that under did not hit, as well as uh, the under for... Uh, the Giants and the Chargers as well, where Her- Justin Herbert just went off. So we'll get to those games in a minute. Uh, but against the spread, 8 of 13, which ain't too shabby, uh, as well as over-unders, 5 of 13. A lot of those were close. Uh, close went one way, close went the other way. It did not go my way. So uh, 5 of 13, over-unders, 5 for 13. Spread, 8 for 13, and then the parlay, 3 for 6. But we have a few more weeks left for the parlay. Hopefully it'll hit. Uh, We got a plan. Uh, I talk to a lot of people. I take in a lot of NFL opinions and a lot of NFL takes and then kind of smush those all together and kind of use my own to formulate my overall opinion and what I want to do for my picks. So hopefully in the next coming weeks, we're going to have a few winners. Uh, But let's hop right into the slate. Uh, First game we're going to recap is the Cowboys beat the Washington football team 27 to 20. Cowboys defense has been carrying them and it's it seems to be that these younger players they drafted that are starting to they're starting to come into their own and and Micah Parsons has been trouble up front big sack machine probably going to win defensive rookie of the year if not defensive player of the year 
Uh, Trayvon Diggs still been decent as of late. His numbers don't look as good as they did at the beginning of the season. However, he's been playing really well as of late uh, in terms of holding people down. He's not getting the interceptions that he had and all the flash from the first half of the season, but he's been playing well. We have Randy Gregory and, and Demarcus Lawrence, who are just a disaster, uh, both at defensive end. They're getting a lot, a lot of push up up front, uh, which is causing a lot of problems for the opponent's quarterback and offensive line, honestly. So uh, their defense has been good. Uh, Taylor Heineke leaves this game early, replaced by Kyle Allen. I'll have more update on him uh, after the practice schedules come out tonight and probably tomorrow. Uh, before I give you guys his update. Uh, but Taylor Heineke knocked out of this game. Kyle Allen steps in. Not much from the Washington football team in, until the fourth quarter, honestly. They didn't really have to, they weren't able to get really anything going until then. Uh, but I've heard a lot of things around the sports world as of late, uh, whether it be random, random videos of people and takes on Twitter, whether it be. Uh, on the blogs that I follow for the NFL, or whether it be just other podcasts out there, uh, Colin Cowherd, uh, TV personalities, podcast personalities for sports, and and everybody's talking about is Dak good enough? Now, the Dak situation is starting to get similar to the Mahomes situation, uh, and you guys know my take on the Mahomes situation. I everyone's allowed to have a few bad games, and everyone's allowed to go into a slump. Every other sport has one. Uh, there's a hockey slump, there's a baseball slump, which is the best known one, but there's also a football slump. And, and and Dak Prescott right now has had one good game since he returned from injury with his injured calf, uh, but his defense is winning him football games. And at the end of the day, W's is all that is is the only thing that matters in this league. You can hide a lot of BS, which we're going to talk talk about a lot of BS today when recapping these football games that's going on behind the scenes for some of these teams. But at the end of the day, winning football games is a blanket that can cover any problem. When you're losing football games and there's drama, there's problems. When you're winning football games, it's like just let it go in one ear, out the other. It's not even a huge situation. I think we should be talking less about Dak and more about the Dallas defense, which has been amazing this season. They have a lot, of, and it's almost like a mirror image. It's similar to when we talk about Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about the Chiefs game in, in a little bit, but it's similar where the quarterback play hasn't been great. The running backs haven't been either as good or even existent as people expected, and the defenses are carrying the football team. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I've had a defense. I'm a, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I've said it a million times on this podcast. I will probably never stop saying it. But uh, the good teams that uh, since I've been alive on this planet for the Vikings, I've all come with a solid defense or an above average defense, probably top five, top 10 max. Bad defenses do not end up working, especially late in playoff runs. It just doesn't work out. So I I like what I see from the Cowboys, not offensively, but overall as a team. Their special teams is decent. Their offense can generate enough uh, enough big plays and enough decent plays for them to stay solid, and their defense carries them. And, and that that might that may shift. That that ex- extreme amount of of what what's the word I want to use? That 
unbelievable amount of carry that that defense is doing for the rest of the football team is a lot of pressure, and, and that might shift. That might shift to the offense, then carrying in the defense has a few bad games. So we'll see what we see from Dak in the in the next few weeks. They've got a pretty easy schedule coming in with basically all basically all division games minus the Cardinals, I believe. So uh, the, let's see what we see from Dak. He may be able to step it up, but it, it it's I don't see it as big as of an issue as people are making it out to be. Next game on the docket, the Browns beat the Ravens 24 to 22. I think this game was 24 to 3 at some point. Or maybe it was tw- I don't remember. It was 20 either 21 to 3 or 24 to 3. Ravens come back. Lamar Jackson basically ruined a lot of people from getting into the playoffs from their fantasy leagues, not on his own accord. He did not play bad. He got dinged up. Somebody fell on his ankle. I will definitely give an update on Lamar, especially for uh, the very importantness. Uh, another another word I've created on this podcast. I swear I could have created an entire dictionary from just words I've made up on this podcast. But the importantness that that Lamar is to to fantasy owners to the Baltimore Ravens, it, it's unbelievable Be, because Tyler Huntley can run around like Lamar. He's not as fast, uh, but his his pass game is bad, and people knock Lamar for his pass game. So uh, Tyler Huntley is not the short-term short-term answer uh, or definitely the long-term answer depending on what's going on with Lamar Jackson. I'll give an update on him uh, in our next midweek podcast. But but let's let's switch to the other side other team here. Miles My, Garrett for for defensive MVP, 100% defensive player of the year. He's 15 sacks through he's averaging more than a sack a game. It's pretty impressive, especially since a lot of this is on his back with their offense not clicking on all cylinders, Baker being hurt, and it's it, it's it seems like it's imploding in Cleveland. Uh, they did come out with the victory this week. Baker did enough to get it done. The running backs tried to help. The defense definitely helped, uh, but not having Lamar in that game and, and the Ravens still covering is pretty amazing. Honestly, for all Ravens fans out there, if there are any, uh, that are listening to this podcast, I, I wouldn't be too concerned if your team can come within that many points in a game where your your star player did not play and your backup, who has little to no experience in the NFL, made it close. So I'm not really that concerned. That that division, I've I've said it to exhaustion. That division is literally the most competitive division in the league right now. I think the worst team in that division is six six and one. And that's pretty impressive, and that's the Steelers. So it's it's pretty impressive how that division's been able to win football games, and that means that their divisional split has got to be crazy close, and they're good against every other division, which is basically what's happening to force those records so inflated. So let's see what we see from Baker. A lot of this BS behind the scenes media hype. I, I, I don't know what to trust anymore. It's honestly hard. Uh, but people are saying that Baker told the team – that he's more hurt than they're treating it, and and now they're denying it. it's it's a lot of it's a lot of BS. And I know there's probably some crazy conversations that happen in, in NFL training rooms, NFL locker rooms, behind the scenes. These these people are responsible for billions of dollars being changed, uh, being in the changing of hands, billions of dollars in on the NFL in general, whether that be from ticket sales of, of a hot dog at a, at a Raiders game to all the TV rights that they pay billions of dollars for. 
it, it's it's kind of crazy. It, it's insane. So let's see what Lamar is. I'll give the update on the midweek podcast, and then we'll see what's going on. The Ravens have a tough schedule coming in. So good win by the Browns, but the, the Ravens, the Ravens need to figure this out and figure this out quick. If Lamar is going to miss time, if he's not going to miss time, it, they need to figure it out and figure it out quick. Next on the list, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 48-9. Mahomes' decision-making in this game is one thing I really took away. Uh, No ridiculous throws. He got helped out by most of his wide receivers, even though they ran the ball very effectively in this game. Uh, The defense stepped up multiple big plays on the defensive side of the football. It was great to see. Uh, the, the the Raiders team as a whole is is starting to worry uh, me. The average, not even close to Raiders fan, it's starting to worry as to the decisions being made. They have like a hype, like a hype meeting slash dance off on the Chiefs logo at the beginning of the game. You're asking for trouble if you're doing that. that that's some Odell Beckham Jr. BS from when he was on the Giants. Like like come on. Uh, are you are you serious? And then they 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 flash this instance uh, of them dancing on the Chiefs logo before the game on Sunday to when John Gruden did like a bus tour of Kansas City after they won in Kansas City last year. Uh, none of this stuff works. It always backfires. I don't know why teams think that this is a good idea, uh, but it basically epitomizes everything that the Raiders are this season. It's imploded, not even on a football level. They're 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 individuals, and and I know bad things happen to good people, and that's my biggest, that's my biggest saying that I say randomly around. Like people say, live in the dream. I say that as well. But the the one thing, literally, the one thing that I keep bad things always happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. It's it's a way of life. It's something I've lived by and watched literally grow from when I was a kid. Uh, I, lear- I learned it in in uh, middle school uh, from a very good teacher I had. One of my first people that got me into it got me serious into golf. Pretty avid golfer that I probably never mentioned on this podcast, but it, it, it's it's wild. It's wild. Uh, there's a lot of things that have happened to this team. There's a lot of things this team's going through, and, and it might be it might be their owner basically just see ya by everyone. They might clean slate. Because this game was was embarrassing. It was over in the after the first play, when the ball was returned for a touchdown on a fumble by Josh Jacobs. It, it's it's stuff like this that happens. And, and listen, I'm not condoning anything that happened uh, with the coaching staff. What's going on in the Raiders? Because they're not a well run organization, and they haven't been for a few dec not maybe not a few decades, but at least a decade and a half. They haven't been a good a good team, and they haven't been a well-run team. So this is basically the result of that. Next on the list, the Titans beat the Jaguars twenty to nothing. Uh, it's uh, more 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 of this drama coming out with Urban Meyer, and this aligns perfectly with one of the hottest takes that I've said on this podcast multiple times already. That Urban Meyer won't make it through the end of the season. Uh, he made multiple per reports, and these reports are coming from more than one source. This is not just one random person making up some crap like he tried to make people believe in his media presser the other day. But this stuff's coming out. He's talking crap on the assistants he hired, asking them if they're actually bought in and why they even deserve to be here. He's losing the locker room. We've heard from James Robinson. We've heard from Marvin Jones. We've heard from from Trevor Lawrence. It, it looks like he's losing everyone in the locker room, and usually it's either your own coaches 
if you make a weird remark or the team, not both. And it seems like he's lost both. Uh, so if that, if I was able to make a bet on, on Urban Meyer, that would have been amazing. But uh, it, it, he can't coach in the NFL, especially if he's going to act like this. All the crap that happened off the field, how bad their team is on the field, their relationships in the locker room. like what? There's nothing positive coming out of Jacksonville right now. I feel bad for the smallest market in the NFL. Jacksonville fans, you are the smallest market in the NFL, and you do not deserve to be treated this way. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And even in a time where the Titans, as we flip-flop uh, to the Titans side, they have no identity right now. Zero. Their their only identity is out and can possibly return for the playoffs. More of an update on him as well uh, for the injury podcast. Derrick Henry looks like he may have an opportunity to play in the first round of the playoffs after the, the foot issue. So that's going to be great. But they've missed uh, all of their playmakers minus, minus Derrick Henry have been dinged up as well in and out of the lineup. Uh, Ryan Tannehill hasn't really played well. Their defense is carrying them through this time now as well. So it, it seems it seems like we've reached a, a, a time where this team is going to do whatever it takes and this team, meaning the Titans, to get, get it done until they can bring back their stud. They're literally going to claw and scratch their way through these games, get these wins, and then once he comes back in the playoff playoffs, that may be a run they can make. Julio Jones and their their has has had little to no help. They've done little to anything for this football team since he was traded for in the offseason. A.J. Brown's been dinged up. They have a few younger guys that they've replaced at the running back position for Derrick Henry, as well as down the depth chart at wide receiver that have been making big plays. And their defense is basically the, the number one reason why they're still winning football games. That's literally it. The Jaguars are a joke. In their last two games, they've been outscored 57-7. to and don't tell me that you're an amazing head coach and the offense is just not working. There's, Urban Meyer's got hands all up in this. He's got hands all up in this in this debacle for this football team. And honestly, if I was their owner, and I'm being as serious as pie, uh, and I, I don't even think that's a saying. I think I just made that up. But uh, listen, I, I, he's out of here. I, I I will settle to to just pay you off and get you out of here because you are absolutely toxic. I have not been this upset with with a move since Tim Tebow, who also played for the Jaguars. It, it it was toxic. The man never played at that position. He was getting all this crap from all these people online, bad media pressers everywhere about Jacksonville. Urban Meyer stuff comes out. They're dealing with as much as the Raiders are off the field this year. It, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. So let's see what the Titans are able to do in the next few weeks. Uh, until they can get their King Henry back, and the Jags are going to continue to struggle until they get rid of Urban Meyer. That's base. That's bottom line. Next on the list, the Chargers beat the Giants thirty-seven to twenty-one. The Los Angeles Chargers running game impressed me in this game. It was good to see that they were able to run the ball. At- Austin Eckler able to run the ball between the tackles. He was bad. He bounced out a few. Their offensive line blocked well. Uh, Herbert shows uh, once again that he probably has the best arm in the NFL. Uh, I would say on an accurate and on an accuracy and distance throw. I think I would trust Herbert before I would trust anybody in the NFL. It's almost it's better than Josh Allen's arm to be honest. And I've watched them both uh, to exhaustion, especially before they were both drafted. 
but I, it's as good of, of, of an arm as Josh Allen, if not better. Justin Herbert is amazing. And now he does have these stinker games every once in a while, which is why it makes you think you can't trust him. But Justin Herbert, it, it, he shows on a regular basis that big, tall quarterbacks that in college were considered relatively unathletic can still win football games on with their legs. Justin Herbert can run for 25 yards as easy as Mahomes can, as easy as any other quarterback that's proven they can get out of the pocket can. And, and that's and that's that. That that's basically it. Now, the Chargers are competing for a division. We don't have to spend much time talking about the Giants. I, I, listen, uh, what happens next, who knows? Depends on what dominoes fall. Uh, but Joe Judge is under a microscope. Daniel Jones is under a microscope. Uh, Saquon Barkley's under a microscope. Their their owner is under a microscope. A, a GM, uh, everyone. Everyone from top to bottom is pretty much under a microscope. We're going to find out a lot about the Giants in this offseason. That's my one of my hot takes about the Giants. I, I don't know if they're going to make any crazy moves between now and the end of the season, but in the offseason, they're going to have a huge shakeup, and I'm calling it right now. But the Chargers are playing for the division. They play the Chiefs at home on Thursday night football in two days. If they can win that football game, they'll be in first place in that division. And listen, the Chargers are no joke. Their defense has seemed like it's been depleted, has seemed like it doesn't do much, but it does enough to win them football games. I wish I had a defense like that. I currently do not. They lose me football games. I would kill to be in the position as a Chargers fan right now versus the Minnesota Vikings. Next on the list, the Falcons beat the Panthers 29-21. to I have no idea what the plan is for Matt Rule and what he's going to do at quarterback for not only next season but the end of this one. Cam Newton is terrible. Cam Newton is terrible. Don't get me wrong. Cam Newton can be a decent quarterback but not as a starter. There's no way he can be a starting quarterback in this league based on the way he throws the ball uh, with his accuracy and the fact that it seems like he can't read defenses anymore. A bad pick. This week, dropping a linebacker drops, picks him off right away. It's just stuff that you can't be doing on a regular basis in the NFL. You cannot throw interceptions to linebackers for at a consistent clip and keep your starting job. Now, they don't have much to replace him. A dinged-up Sam Darnold, who wasn't even good when he was healthy, and P.J. Walker, a former AFL star uh, who could not adjust and his skills did not translate into the NFL. So I don't know what their plan is at at quarterback. I their offense is struggling. Chuba Hubbard has a score this week, which is good for him. Great running back, uh, great skill set for a starting running back with with McCaffrey out. But he's been dinged up. This seems like they get no production from DJ Moore. Little to no production from Robbie Anderson. It, it it's rubbing it it would rub me the wrong way if I was a Panthers fan as to why we're doing this. It makes little to no sense. Little to no sense. And, and their defense has struggled in the last few weeks as well. It, it seems like they've hit a rut that they may or may not be able to get out of. And, and Matt Rule is going to be on a hot seat soon too since his offensive coordinator was fired. Now it's pretty much on him for the rest of the season to prove that maybe he can do something. Possibly. Now, the Falcons win and lose games uh, randomly throughout the year, and it's been a very weird year for them. Uh, so let's talk about what they do moving forward. What is Matt Ryan? 
And is he kept next season? He is similar to Kirk Cousins in the fact that they have a very high cap hit for him if they let him go unless they can trade him. $40 million, $42 million, I think it's between those two numbers for his cap hit. Kirk Cousins, everybody knows about his cap hit at $45 million next year. Unless those players can be traded, you're going to take that cap hit. And listen, they are they have Cordero Patterson, who's basically their utility guy for everywhere. They have Kyle Pitts. If they can get Calvin Ridley back or maybe replace him with a free agent or somebody in the draft, they'll have the weapons with Hayden Hurst at tight end. Their offensive line could be that they their problems could be fixed in one year. Now, do they keep Matt Ryan? I have no idea. Not a clue. But it could go really well if they keep him or really bad. Next on the list, the Saints beat the Jets. It's the Jets. Saints fans out there, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Uh, it's it's the Jets. They have the worst defense in the NFL. No no qualms about that, nor do I think anyone else would have qualms about it. So uh, what happens at that quarterback for the Saints? Clearly, Taysom Hill is limited at throwing the ball down the field. It doesn't help that he has a finger issue as well. Uh, clearly, he does well when he's able to run the football in the backfield, uh, but he is a quarterback, not a running back. So what do they do? Do they bring Simeon back in for more plays to throw the ball down the field and then bring Taysom Hill in as a gadget? I Like I say, when you start Taysom Hill, you now cannot use him as a gadget guy. That, that takes that completely out of the playbook. So now the playbook is based on uh, forever runs. So listen, it's it's a struggle. It's going to be a struggle either way. And Sean Payton is looking at his playoff hopes fade quickly, uh, very quickly. So I don't know. Uh, can Alvin Kamara carry them uh, to a possible playoff berth and or win eight games? If that's the case, that's cool. But what does Sean Payton do moving forward? after this season now Jameis should be good to go for the beginning of of next season but does he want to go with Jameis are they going to draft someone what do they do with Taysom Hill it's it's very it's very odd what do they do with Michael Thomas who was supposed to miss six weeks and ends up missing a whole season so the Saints have a lot of questions that we need answered before we can figure out or even guess on what what's going to happen Uh, but I don't give them too much kudos for beating the Jets this week Next on the list, the Seahawks beat the Texans 33-13. to Texans scored all 13 of their points in the first half. I think the first half score was 16-13. to A pretty decent game. Uh, but like I just said about the Jets, it's the Texans. Uh, so there's a lot of people that are that are so high and mighty on Russell Wilson now that they're 5-8 and eight and they think they're going to run the table. Uh, that's all well and dandy, but you gave up 13 to the Texans. Their offense was clicking, but only late. Uh, so they weren't clicking for the entire game. Tyler Lockett had a decent game in this one, but uh, DK Metcalf continues to struggle in these football games. I, I think that he's having some huge issues off the field that we can't see or we don't know about, uh, but he hasn't looked like himself in, in a month, if not more than a month. He may have had one or two good games in two months. Other than that, it's been stinkers, five for 54, and you're a, he's a first-round fantasy draft pick. And he's getting these amount of points. It's unbelievable. So there, there's something going on there. I don't know if it's between him and Russell Wilson, him and the coaching staff, or him and just the team in general. Uh, but there's something definitely going on there. Uh, I I don't know what Seattle does. Uh, do you keep Pete Carroll? Do you keep Russ? Do you get rid of both? Do you keep one uh, and then move on? 
what do you do with your team now that you have like basically no draft picks? It's it, they're in a situation where they have where no team wants to be. You give up all your picks and now you're terrible for the upcoming years. Uh, it's kind of like the opposite of the Rams, where the Rams look really good. They don't have a first round pick for like a de- a little less than a decade, but it, it's working. Their team is decent. They can re-sign people and not be over the cap. They just have no draft picks. They're willing to give their draft picks up for like t- players that they think, yep, going to hit in the next three years. Yep, after that, he's gone. Uh, they make good decisions. But the thing is, is like what, how long is that feasibly like a, a thing? How are you able to, how long are you able to do that until it implodes? And we're seeing it with Seattle. Seattle's up soon to imploding, and I'm thinking they're due for a shakeup at the end of the season as well because I think either Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll uh, are gone. I don't think there's a high chance that they get rid of both, but one of them I think is gone for sure. The Texans are a joke. I don't know what's going to happen with the Texans. They're they're up in the air. It's absolutely insane how that team has operated since the offseason with the Deshaun Watson issue with all the one round or the one round. <laughs> the one year deals that they sign for these players then they end up releasing half of them. It, it makes no sense. It makes literally no sense. All right, next on the docket, the Broncos beat the Lions 38 to 10. Uh, bad news along the sports world that former Broncos star wide receiver Demarius Thomas passed away. Uh, not a lot of details as to what happened, nor is it really anybody's business. He passed away, though, early at age 33. Uh, I remember doing a project on Demarius. They had a, I think it was an ESPN 30 for 30. If not, it was just one of those things they do on Sunday, Sunday morning countdown or kickoff or whatever of when he was in his prime of uh, how much he was a a family man went to Georgia Tech family guy always willing to help his family out he was always a great student he did a lot in in the the world uh, especially around Denver a lot in the community uh, in terms of philanthropy and volunteer work a great individual sorry to see him pass one of my favorite uh, wide receivers in my, I guess, early 20s, uh, now that I'm currently 29, but like early 20s to late teens, had a lot of great seasons, was on that Super Bowl team with Peyton Manning. So uh, a lot of respect for Demarius Thomas. And if you did not see the beginning of the football game, I suggest that you guys go back and check it out. The Broncos got together and decided to go out with 10 men uh, on the first play, took a... Um, Took a delay a game penalty. The Lions, uh, the coach, obviously, Vic Fangio talked to Dan Campbell before the game. They declined the penalty. It was a great moment. Uh, the Denver Broncos had a lot of big plays on defense and on offense, in which case they went over to the spray-painted 88 on the side of the, ro- the, side of the road. <laughs> Funny. The uh, side of the field uh, where his number was spray-painted on the turf uh, and dedicated it to him and, and basically – uh, was re- they were really hyped uh, about scoring touchdowns for their former player. So great, great to watch in the NFL. Uh, there's not all bad things that come out of the media for the NFL, even though it kind of seems that way sometimes. Uh, but Denver hangs around. They're seven and six after the big win. Uh, Lions basically. Uh, I took the Lions to cover, even not thinking that they got their first win last week, and they would probably have a an anti anti decent game. 
so to speak, where they give up a decent amount of points, the offense can't click, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, what, do, what do the Lions do moving forward? I think the, the Lions themselves are a decent team, and I don't think a lot changes between ne- this year and next year. They've gotten rid of a lot of people from the older regimes uh, in terms of trading them for picks and or letting them walk in free agency or waiving them. It seems like this team is fighting, uh, which means they respect their head coach and Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell as a head coach. I think he's a little weird, but so is everybody on this planet. So I'm not really going to judge him. I'm not going to judge him on his record coming into a very bad organization uh, for decades. Uh, Not bad, but underachieving organization for the past few decades. He comes in. Uh, they fight every uh, he's he's got buy-in from these players and he's got buy-in from his coaches and, and I think that the ownership of the Lions like him and, and I think with a decent amount of draft picks coming in this draft I think they have an opportunity to get some decent players and be a decent team so I'm not really concerned with the Lions even though they have the worst record in the league I'm way more concerned about teams like the Jaguars, like the Texans, uh, even like the Jets and the Giants, where the organization seems like it doesn't have buy-in from the players or the coaching staff just doesn't look good. And that's what we're dealing with right now in the NFL. Next on the docket, the 49ers beat the Bengals 26-23 to in OT. It was unbelievable. I took the forty. I took this game under 49.5, cleared it by a a point, sorry, a half a point. Uh, but there's something you guys need to take away, and it's start. It's happening behind the scenes. That it's not really behind the scenes. It's in front of your face, but I don't think a lot of people are seeing it. Uh, so this thing called the Debo effect. Uh, somebody who has a lot of targets through the air runs the ball out of the backfield, a decent at a decent clip. Uh, and also can do stuff on special teams, uh, can do a lot of stuff in the blocking game. Uh, And Cordero Patterson, a similar player, he did it before Debo. Uh, But even if you guys can think back to before he was hurt uh, with Robert Woods, Robert Woods did similar stuff with the Rams before he tore his ACL where you have a a decent amount of rushes a game, try and get some end-around action, some sweeps. Uh, And he was very, very successful at that too. So I think this is a shift we're seeing in the NFL that teams are trying to identify these players in the draft, identify these players that are free agents, maybe struggling a little bit, but looking to get a bit of a position change. But I think this is something that could be incorporated in most teams as long as they take that player and and kind of develop them into that. Uh, but the Debo, Debo is amazing. I love Debo Samuel, a smaller wide receiver, not scared to run over the middle, decent hands, can run decent routes fast as hell, uh, as well as run the ball out of the backfield around the outside. It's very effective, and he's scoring in most of these football games rushing. It's very impressive for a wide receiver, and you see that a lot more from Cordero Patterson uh, in recent years, but he didn't really have somebody that could challenge him in terms of skill at that type of position, but Debo can definitely do that, and, and I, I, after watching this game, seeing the Debo effect, I kind of, I kind of realized why Kyle Shanahan is doing what he's doing, so I never really understood the, the Trey Lance pick. Not the Trey Lance pick. I understand the pick, but I don't understand why, why they're doing what they're doing. So think about it if, if you owned a, a business. And, and think about it as a business, and it makes a lot more sense. So Kyle Shanahan sees that Trey Lance isn't ready. 
He also sees that he gets dinged up, and it's a knee issue, which could be lingering, so he holds him out of football games. That's why we haven't seen him as of late, or basically all season. Jimmy Garoppolo is better in closer games than he is in blowouts or in, in early in games. So in the first quarter versus second quarter, he makes decisions that aren't great. But when the game gets tight, he starts to make better decisions. Under pressure, I guess. Jimmy Garoppolo is good under pressure. And he has a good overall record for a quarterback. But they're window dressing him. Because they know they're not going to pay him next year. They know they need to get Trey Lance ready. So they're window dressing him to win these closer games so that he looks better. So when they dangle that bait, they'll get the best pick ever from any team that wants to offer him money. That's basically how it's going to work. Now, I don't understand how this happens. I don't understand who's going to bite on him. I, honestly, I understand it, but I couldn't guess right now. I think that's going to be a little more clear after the season on who's going to go for Jimmy Garoppolo. Is Kirk Cousins available? Is Ben Roethlisberger available? Is Aaron Rodgers available? Is Russell Wilson available? Let's see what happens with these teams in the offseason of who they're getting rid of confirmed, and then we can have a better idea of where he's going to go. But Jimmy looked good in this game, and I took the Bengals plus two. I got burnt by one point, and I thought Joe Burrow was going to have enough. But the, the 49ers are going to be a scary team, especially early in the playoff, early in the playoffs. On wild card weekend, it's going to be scary. That defense plays up to, to their competition most of the time and plays down to, to their competition most of the time as well, depending on who their opponent is. So we have a lot of things to look at in terms of the 49ers. Now, on the flip side, Joe Burrow's pinky looks okay. Threw for over 300 yards, found Jamar Chase with two big touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. It seemed like his passes were okay. Nothing crazy I noticed going back, looking at some of their drives on game pass. I just, I don't see, I don't see how the, the, Bengals will ever be able to break away in that division. It's too tight. It's too competitive. They're just going to have to try and keep continuing to win football games, which I think they can do, uh, and especially with Joe Burrow. I've been impressed with Joe. I've been very impressed because Tua had that same hype coming out uh, of a really good college quarterback who's going to put up all these numbers. He had one. Of, Joe Burrow had one of the best college seasons ever recorded in terms of statistics. So let's see. Let's see what happens uh, with, with Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals. They need to keep playing defense like they did at the beginning of the year, continue to run the football and run it effectively, and they can be in any football game. Next on the list, the Bucks beat the Bills 33-27, to also in overtime, to a big, big uh, pass from Tom Brady to Brashad Perriman for over 60 yards, burned the, the linebacker covering him down the sideline pretty easily. Uh, with the walk-off. So uh, Tom Brady is the MVP leader right now for MVP. On DraftKings, he's the only player minus money, minus 180. Everybody else is over that. Tom Brady's having a wonderful game. One had, he had a wonderful game. He's having a wonderful season. And that's with a lot of his playmakers missing time. Imagine if that whole team was healthy. It, Antonio Brown's been nowhere to be found. He's only had Gronk for the last month. Before that, he was basically non-existent. He's missed Mike Evans for a, a bit. Uh, Chris Godwin's been relatively healthy. Gio Bernard's now hurt. He didn't have running support at the beginning of the season. Tom Brady's doing a lot for this football team and at age 44. So if I had to vote for an MVP right now, I would vote for Tom Brady. 
But the the what I want to take away from this is the one Achilles heel that I think is going to come back to haunt Tampa Bay, whether it be late in this football season or in the playoffs. Their defense eventually will be soft. Now, when I say that, I don't say I'm not saying it permanently, but within a football game, it seems like they get a little bit lackadaisical at the end of football games, maybe towards the end of the third quarter, where their their pass rush seems like it loses a step. Their coverage skills uh, with their linebackers on the defensive plays they're calling in the second half, the linebackers seem to get burnt, uh, which ironically happened to the Bills for them to lose this football game, but it happens to the Bucks as well. And, and I think that what's happening is overexhaustion by the front seven to basically carry the secondary through football games is why they're getting tired quick. That That's what I'm basically looking at. And for a secondary to be pretty bad, like the Tampa Bay Bucks, they need to get home uh, at, at in the front seven. They got to get home for for the secondary to be able to make better plays, even with their lack of a skill set and their lack of experience in NFL football games. They're all young corners and young safeties. So, uh, listen, I don't think I'm I'm not worried about Tampa Bay. They're going to clinch the division probably next week. Uh, but I'm interested to see the NFC seeding for the top three, top four teams, uh, basically for all the division winners and how they seed out. Next on the list, the Sunday night football game, the Packers beat the Bears 45-30. to I have no idea why I took the under in this game, and I have no idea why I took the Bears in this game. But, but one thing needs to be mentioned and mentioned quickly, and I'm not going to go into huge description of it, but... Here we go again. Aaron Rodgers seems like his toes more more injured now and says it's hurting more, yet he's throwing for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns, uh, most of that in the second half. It, it, listen, what I want to take away from it is the Packers' defense is human, uh, and their special teams is awful. Uh, awful. They gave up multiple big big plays on special teams, whether it be punt returns, kick returns, kick coverage on onside kicks. Uh, muffed punts it, it was crazy all of the bad plays that happened on their on the maybe it's a fluke if you're a Packers fan you're hoping it's a fluke that's it it's a fluke it happened one game defense is going to get back we're going to get people back we're not going to make these boneheaded plays on special teams but that's what kept the Bears in this football game they were up by 24 they were up 24 to 14 at one point in this game and that was the halftime score I believe so let's see what we see I Honestly, on the flip side, Justin Fields looked pretty decent. Found some some big, big touchdown passes late uh, from his wide receivers. Got a lot of help from the run game with uh, Montgomery, who didn't do much but did decent did a decent amount uh, to keep the the defense honest. And he got a lot from 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 Jeremy Grant. He did. He got a lot from him on uh, special teams, on runs. Uh, pretty much a gadget guy similar to a Tyree Kill. Pretty fast, uh, pretty small. So uh, basically Tyree Kill is a comp, honestly. Probably not as good as Tyreek on a skill set, but that's basically his comp. Uh, what does Chicago do moving forward? And honestly, I don't know, but I know that they're going to stick with Justin Fields. I think a lot of the, the senior wide receivers on that team being Allen Robinson, uh, Marquise Goodwin, a lot of these, I would say, mid, mid-career mid wide receivers uh, are probably going to leave uh, because they want, they want results, they want to get paid, and they want the ball more. And Justin Fields is willing to tuck and run at any point. So 
I think that I think that the defense needs to be restructured. The offensive line is terrible, and their playmakers are probably going to leave them. So they're going to have a lot to address, not to mention probably a vacant head coaching position with Matt Nagy probably getting fired, as well as Ryan Pace not being the GM anymore. So there could be an entire shift in the in the organization of the Chicago Bears. So you may see a lot of new faces, and I'm expecting you to see those faces, especially next season. We've reached the Monday Night Football game. Uh, finally, we've gotten there. It's the last game we're going to cover. I picked the Cardinals minus one and a half and the over. Uh, so I lost the spread against the spread, but covered the over uh, with the Rams beating the Cardinals 30 to 23. Uh, the Rams proved they can beat good teams in this game and their defense stepped up when they needed to. Kyler Murray, no touchdowns passing. Uh, two interceptions in this game, took a big sack at the end of the game, which basically lost them the game. Uh, he spun out of multiple defenders, and on the last one, basically his feet gave out under him, uh, and he was done. They had no timeouts. Sack was done by, obviously, Aaron Donald, uh, who was giving their guard a he basically was making him poop his pants the whole game. Great game by Aaron Donald. Uh, but no Jalen Ramsey in this game, yet their defense stepped up, got turnovers, got stops. I'd, listen, Cooper. If Cooper Cup doesn't get MVP votes, I don't. I don't know what else we can talk about. He's got 113 receptions with like four games to go. It's unbelievable. It's un. He has an opportunity to catch 100 and 165 balls this year, which would I think break the record. To be quite honest, I think it's 100 and I know Michael Thomas has the record, but I'm not sure if it's 147 uh, or 149, something like that. But He's going to crush the record. He's got a lot. He's leading the the league in in yards and in why am I blanking? He's leading in receptions and leading in yards, probably leading in touchdowns as well, to be quite honest with you, because I feel like he catches a touchdown pass in every game. But listen, I'm not too worried about the Rams. People were saying they're they're only good against bad teams, but like they don't make the schedule. So like that's not their fault. So I listen. I understand that if you beat the Jets and the Houston Texans back-to-back, it is not the same as beating the Chiefs and beating the Cowboys. Uh, but that's not their choice. They need to go out out there, and they need to win football games, and that's what they're doing with Matt Stafford. Stafford needs to get healthy. I don't think he has the ability to get 100% by the end of the season, but he needs to stop getting hit, which he didn't get hit often in this game, uh, which is good for them. Uh, but they're able to to, to supply a, a solid run game with Sony Michelle. Uh, Daryl Henderson, when he comes back, is going to help with that as well. Um, but Rob, Robert Woods won't because he's injured. So Odell Beckham Jr. stepping up in this game. I think that's three straight games. He's had a receiving touchdown, uh, which is good, even though I told everyone not to, st- to start him in fantasy this week, which I, I did take some backlash for. But uh, I, listen, I don't know. Kyle, Kyler, how good is he? I don't know. I think he's good. I would I would take Kyler Murray in a heartbeat. I think his size is going to be a problem. I think the amount of times he runs and how he runs may end up being a problem. But I don't think but that by them losing to the Rams in this game, Kyler all of a sudden is like a, a top 10 quarterback and not a top 5 quarterback, especially this season. So, so these people out here, to, and, and by these people, everything I listen to in the sports world is what I refer to in this podcast, like things I hear that I either agree or disagree with, crazy statements, kind of hot takes. I, I love breaking it down. I love seeing how close my opinion is to it, but 
I would take Kyler in a heartbeat. I like the way he moves in the pocket. His offensive line isn't great. They're decent, but it isn't great. And he's able to run the ball effectively without running the ball as many times as Lamar Jackson, if that makes sense. Similar to like what Dak used to do a few years back before the injury. Dak used to scramble for for four to six times a game, but get at least 10 yards each time. It seems like that is closer to what Kyler's doing than running the ball 21 times like Lamar Jackson. Uh, so I, I don't take much... I don't take much negativity from either of these teams out of this game, and I don't I don't take away anything positive. I think these teams played a good game against each other. The defense has showed up uh, one more than the other, but I feel like the the outlook for both of these teams is still good, even though one team had to lose in this football game. All right, guys. That is the end of the recap pod. Uh, like I said, probably going to do the the recap episodes on Tuesday and, and then maybe Wednesday or Thursday come out with the the injuries, fantasy football, and the brand new segment uh, or different segment uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, like I said, and then do the recap or do the preview show with all my best bet picks for the spread and over-unders on Friday. That's kind of what I'm going to stick to, but Double check wherever you listen to the podcast uh, and see when my new episodes come up if you don't get notifications for them. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, um, we're getting close. Uh, Close to the holiday season is the season of giving. Um, I appreciate everything, and I give thanks to everybody out there who's listened to the podcast who'd help the podcast grow by sharing it, uh, by telling people about it via word of mouth. I really appreciate it. Uh, so at guys, don't forget, add me on Twitter at all in man cave pod, shoot me a direct message on there. Leave something on my, uh, tweet at me, uh, just anything you can do to, uh, so I I can interact with you guys on the podcast as well as add me on Facebook, Cole hate C O L E H A Y D as in dog T as in Tom. Uh, remember that the podcast is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple podcasts, as well as other podcasts. Uh, sorry, other platforms that podcasts are found. Uh, I am currently going to see if this big parlay that I've created in terms of every other sport besides football hits. Uh, me, Emmanuel Cadane, and our friend Kevin at work. Uh, I've been picking pretty decently on hockey lately. Uh, Emmanuel Cadane, the man, is a huge soccer fan, so he's got all the soccer picks, and Kevin's got all the NBA picks. So we've come out with a super parlay of six, two games from each type, each sport. Uh, trying to hit that. So I'm going to go watch a few of those games uh, in the man cave as well. So I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. I will be back either tomorrow or Thursday for the extremely important injury update and fantasy football likes and dislikes uh, for anybody who made the playoffs in their fantasy league. Uh, So I will see you guys in a few days. Actually, I will, I will listen uh, or talk to you guys, I guess in a few days. So like I always say, Have a good day and later.